Hello and welcome to our uh, third episode now in a mini mini series for draft prospects. As your host always, Jazz Hill, um, with me today discussing running backs and tight ends. I've got Eddie Baby again. Eddie, how are we, mate? Very good, very good. Thanks for having me on. And uh, lucky to have uh, drop back uh, on the Instagram page, Stan Wilson, with us as well, discussing running backs. Stan, welcome to the show for your debut, mate. Thanks for inviting me on. I'm really excited to um, dive into these talents. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, talents. Well, some of them are, let's put it that way. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's, uh, running backs and tight ends, boys, it's, um, I mean, QBs and wide receivers is a lot of fun. This was not as fun, I'd say, but I think for me, especially running back tight ends, that's where the value is. I think receivers, a lot of first top-round guys who end up being boss where res- these guys, you get a lot of third, fourth, fifth rounders that just come out of nowhere, become class. So, um, what was your general take on the talent? And uh, just looking at views. So, like, Stan, I'll go with you. What, what did you make of the draft class in general as running backs this year? Um, as far as running backs go, I, I'm not particularly high, but I'm not particularly low. I think it's pretty average. Um, a lot of people talk about how there's not this standout one big guy at the top, but I think the two guys at the top could easily be those guys. It's a result of what we're seeing at the moment with the positional value of the running back decreasing. Like these guys would be much higher in past draft classes. Also, they came from the big two powerhouse teams, Clemson and Alabama. So they're going to have like great O-line play. So obviously that might perhaps decrease their value. So, yeah, I think people are definitely underplaying the talent that's in this running back class. Yeah, I've, well, yeah I've, I mean, some of the stuff I've read, people are saying it's... Um... It's top heavy this draft for the running back. So there's a couple of guys that are really good, but the depth kind of falls off really, yeah. really quickly. Yeah. Um, anything you've noticed just watching them and, and the tight ends? <laughs> yeah, on the tight on the tight end front, it's it's kind of yeah again same top top heavy with one, and then it really <laughs> it really drops away. Um, Pitts being the, the the standout, and then um, yeah, the further you go down, the the more desperate it gets. So. You've either, if you're in on the tight end, you've got to get in really early or you're going to miss out. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, let's let's kick off then, lads. Uh, I'll start it off then. We'll go Michael Carter running back um, for me. And I've seen a couple of good comps for this guy. Um, I mean, I'll give you his oh, like physicals first. He's 5'9", 199 pounds. Um, and he went to uh, North Carolina, had a decent season. Like uh, the last season, 91 grade on PFF in 2020, uh, 1,200 yards, nine touchdowns. Um, and uh, the PFF guys gave like an Andre Ellington comp, which I can kind of see where they're coming from. Um, but like watching some of the stuff I did, I thought more like, like Giovanni Bernard, like that kind of vibe. Yeah. Um, because he's he's the way I describe him, he's okay, <laughs> like just at everything. He's yeah, I think that's fair. He, yeah, he's okay. Like he's uh, he's reasonably quick. Um, he can break some tackles. Uh, he's kind of um, he's got that elusiveness. He's a good pass catcher, to be fair. I think he's not going to be anything more than a relief back. Uh, like a second back to kind of give your main back a rest um, a good pass catcher third down back but not just a third down back like James well maybe James White's harsh but you know the ones that just cannot actually run the ball you know there's no threat of running the ball he can still if, you're, if it's third and four there's still a threat that Michael Carter could go down the middle he could actually give you a four or five yards um, so that's uh, it's nothing to write home about is what I'll say when I was, yeah. when I was, when I was watching his stuff I, I think he'll be a solid third, fourth round pick. Chuck him into a committee backfield. He'll come in, 
get his 10 carries, get about six, seven, eight receptions uh, and be pretty solid. I don't know. I think he could progress into a into a starting running back because especially what we're seeing these days with running backs, you often see these guys go in second, third, fourth rounds. Like, so you're not top guys. Like they come in and have a big role. Like a guy I was particularly high on last year, Cam Akers. We saw what happened with him. Started off in a committee mm-hmm. with Malcolm Brown, Darrell Henderson. He's come in and now he started off and he's taken over the role. And I think that's the sort of player that Michael Carter could potentially be because he's a very agile runner. He's yeah. got average speed. He's state. He runs quite low to the ground. I don't think he's a, he's a, a starter straight away, but I do really think he could develop into something a bit more. To be to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah, I've got the same down here as well. Kind of pro- project kind of guy. You take yeah. him in, and, and a couple of seasons, he could he could maybe transition into that. But but right away, I do agree with you, Jazz. That he's not he, probably gonna. He's he's quite he's quite. I know everyone looks at his build to start with. You go five nine five ten. Like eh, it's not great, especially with that like one one nine nine. But he's quite physical for that size. From what I've seen, like he does break tackles. He does. Uh, make people miss as well with his agility. So I, I, I see your point, Stan. Yeah, you never know with running backs, especially coming out, these guys get, yeah, they could de- definitely just work their way up. Um, but yeah, that's why for Michael Carter, I think he's sixth on our list. Uh, the guys above, I think, are have a bit more to offer just now. They've shown a bit more. So uh, we'll move on, Ed. What, what have you got What have you got for us? Yeah, so I'll move on to, to Kenneth Gainwell. Um mm-hmm. 5'11", uh, 195 pounds out of Memphis. Um, probably the most aptly named of the uh, the running back prospects. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, he wasn't gaining anything uh, last year because he sat out the, the 2020 season, which was a bit of a shame. Um, he was gaining well in 2019. I'll give him that, though. Um, I think it was around 1,400 yards, um, rushing yards. He's 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 quite a unique talent, I think. Quite a unique prospect. His his receiving ability is is probably one or two in the in the draft class. Uh, he's running routes uh, kind of as a, as a slot receiver. He, he's at that level. Um, amazing agility, uh, great hands. Probably the best or second best in the class again for for a receiving back. Um, and and he runs quite hard. He runs quite hard. He he's he's not he's obviously not the biggest. Uh, 195 pounds. Um, and he has broken a few tackles. Uh, and uh, again, like what you were referring to earlier, he's not the kind of guy that you bring in. He won't have any rushing ability um, in addition to the receiving side. On, on the downside, obviously, the size is going to be a problem in, in pass protection. Um, that will be the main concern about him being able to transition into a kind of number one back pretty much out of the question, um, given given his size and, and blocking yeah. ability. Um, he's a little bit slower than what you'd possibly want for a smaller back if you, you, you're looking for that kind of home run home run hitter I think the uh, I think he was running a, a four a four four two in the 40 which isn't terrible but for a smaller yeah, yeah. back maybe you'd want a little bit more um, but he, I think 21 21 reps on the bench which puts him in like the top 70 percent so he's not he's not he's not feeble um, yes. I quite like him as a, as a draft prospect coming in as a kind of a third round back He's yeah. the kind of guy where you see the value now moving into, you know, you, you've got to you've got to get more from your running back. You can't simply just have a, a, a bell cow and, and take them high up in the draft. Yeah, I think he's a, exactly. he's a, he's a complementary piece would be would be nice being biased. Someone like the Ravens who could you know use a lower lower round pick third fourth and and you can slot him in as a committee back and play him out, move him around, put him into the slot. And I like what I see there. But in terms of an out-and-out out number one, it's not going not gonna to happen, yeah. in, my, in my opinion. He's uh, He looks... Uh, watching him just reminded me of Naheem Hines. 
Naheem Hines came out uh, into the Colts. Um, yeah. That kind of same similar build, great route running, like unreal. And uh, for a running back, uh, his ability to play in the slot, you, you it wouldn't look like he's a running back playing in the slot, if that makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. And I think, again, PFF guys had Theoretic, which is, again, similar kind of guy. Austin Eckler, yeah. Theoretic, uh, Naheem Hines, like all these kind of guys. And they have... In the modern um, NFL, they have a big role to play in teams. Yeah. Um, it's not the old school of get that, get the big-bodied Eddie Lacy running down the middle behind a fullback yeah, anymore. Exactly. Like it's, it's proper agile guys who can do a bit in in the pass game, can run as well. Um, I definitely, I can definitely see him in in a right system, with a with an offensive-minded head coach and stuff. He could be really, really useful. Yeah, um, I think a lot of these running back. Um... Well, their potentials does depend a lot on their fit because of the different way you have um, NFL coaches use these guys. Um, just going back to what you said earlier, Ed, about um, his 40 speed. One thing I've noticed with these pro days is they've been running incredibly fast, like compared yeah. to NFL. And that's because they use the stopwatch times. So I was listening to Chris Sims' podcast today. He reckons that you have to add a tenth of a second on t- <laughs> or more to each of these times to actually get the realistic time because of the delay you have with the stopwatch. They're not able to accurately measure the start or the finish. So I think realistically he's like a four or five guy and yeah just going back to his weight again obviously undersized a bit which would be fine if he could evade this heavy contact but that's one thing he can't do he finds himself a lot of the time facing this heavy contact which if you're looking to have him for like the full length of his rookie contract he's going to struggle down the line because he's going to get hurt because he's a lighter guy taking heavy contact and he's got to wonder how much tread is going to be on these tyres I know he's only had one full season but it's just one thing you have to really consider when drafting yeah. him and whether you can teach him out of that. Yeah. Well, that's that's, that's why that's why he's never going to be a number one, right? He's, he's, yeah. He's never, it's never going to be that, but he's going to be <laughs> a useful piece, I think. I think he'll be like, um, yeah, I think he'll bounce around the league, I think, after his rookie. He's, he's going to be that kind of uh, running back. Yeah, I know what you mean. He'll be on the depth chart for like 10 different teams, like third of the depth chart for like 10 years. Um, but I do like I do like what I saw. I did I, I really liked what I saw. Like I didn't watch much of him because he wasn't my guy, but from what I saw it was quite decent. Stan, take it away, mate. What have you got for us? So the other member of that UNC backfield, along with Michael Carter, you've got Javante Williams. This is a guy I really, really like. I'd have him as my perhaps my number two or three guy. He's 5'10, 220 pounds, so pretty much your prototypical size for your running back. Like he might be slightly short, but He's just an absolutely outstanding run. Like his yards after contact ability is what stands out for me because he's an explosive guy. He hits hard and then he has the balance to remain upright after the contact, which is really, really important. So it's plus yardage every single run. Like I'd liking him to a bowling ball, but he's got agility. Despite <laughs> being like and it, it that doesn't sound like the right sort of comparison when you're talking about like a guy who's five foot ten and two hundred and twenty pounds. Because he, he plays like he's so much bigger. He's very, very shifty. And the size helps him with that. Like he's got much more shimmy than a guy like Najee Harris, who's like six foot two, two thirty. And he's able to evade these tackles, brush off light contact, and arm tackles are going to be completely redundant against this guy. And not only that does he offer you as a runner, out of the backfielders too, he's got okay hands, he's got okay pass pro as well. Like he does struggle somewhat with that which can be easily fixed. And this is a guy, I think, potentially in other years in a wicked draft class, we could see him as a day one guy. But anyone who gets him on day two, I think they could get themselves an absolute steal and a bargain of a player. Do you think, do you think, is a, do you think Stan, there's a bit of a, 
uncertainty with the fact that he was doing your timeshare last year. He's, he's not been the bell cow guy. He's not been the guy who's kind of taken over the offense on his own. I know it doesn't really happen in the NFL that much, but uh, there are teams that like to have that guy, like the Aaron Joneses of the world, that will just run and run and run and take up most of the snaps. Do you think that's a concern at all? Or is that positive, the fact he's not got much tread on tires? Yeah, he, I don't, yeah, he's um, he's got a very long shelf life. This guy, because he's only had 366 carries in his entire career. Yeah, <laughs> like, that was, those were the sorts of numbers that Jonathan Taylor was getting in an entire in a single season in Wisconsin, and he offers this three down value as well. So not only has he not got much tread, he's sorry, he's he got a lot of tread on the tires. He's a three down guy. He can keep out there the entire time, and that's what that's what coaches are looking for. They don't want three guys who can do separate things. They want three guys. Who can they can leave out there in multiple roles? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't give away what, what they're doing. doing. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you've got a yeah. guy you can just leave out there. He's a very aware player, great vision of the field, and yeah, I, I really really like this guy. And anything to add on him before we move on? No, I t- totally agree. I think he's yeah. the he's he's probably the closest to the complete package if you want to use that that term. Um, there is one more we'll go into. Uh, yeah. Kind of similar, but no, I really really like him. Broken tackles are plenty. He kind of reminds me a little bit, again, to go back to the Ravens, to be my last Ravens. Uh, <laughs> he's kind of like Gus Edwards, who the Ravens have just re-signed. They, you know, uh, with him, got him late on in the draft. He's, he's the guy who, who always positive yards. And there's a, always going to be a place in the NFL if, you, if you're going to be grinding out those yards. Every every rush, you're picking up a couple of yards. I mean, that, that that's that's invaluable. So I think he's brilliant. I totally agree. I was most impressed by him, I would say. Fair enough. Shall we move on then, lads? Uh, so we move on to Trey Sermon. Um, and uh, he is going to go a bit lower down than uh, Williams that you just mentioned. Uh, I think probably third, fourth round. So uh, I'll give him his uh, stuff. He's six foot, um, 215 pounds. Decent size, I think, uh, for, for a running back. Um, he went to Ohio State. He had like a bit of a, what's it called? A, a tricky college career, I'd say. Like he wasn't, he was at, I think he was transferred from Oklahoma. Um, yeah. Because yeah. uh, he just couldn't couldn't quite make it as a starter there, and then kind of bounced around, got to Ohio State, was in the depth chart. Uh, finally, became like the bell cow guy, um, and he got an injury. Um, so it, it, people say he's only had three four weeks of being the guy. Um, so is that a negative on him or a positive on him? Uh, you can take look at it whatever way you want to. Um, I personally look at it as, as you said, not enough that much tread on tires, but also can he actually be the guy can he be the guy um but i'll go into the the positives first i think he's got he's got the size he's got really good burst uh, his top speed i'm not too sorry other way around his his acceleration is not great i think but his top speed is quite good uh, from what i've seen um so when he gets going gets his legs going he is rapid he can outrun people um his ability to, to make people miss is his ability to, because of his size and his agility, he can make people miss tackles and stuff. Um, he has been injured, though. That's the thing. And with running backs, injuries, is, I don't know if that's going to just lower his stock right down. Because the last one I can think of that was injured was Todd Gurley, who went top 10. But he was just an exceptional talent. Most of the time, when a running back takes a big injury, they they don't really get looking. And that's my only real concern with him is the number of games he played as the number one guy and also how um, how that injury has affected his play. Obviously, with the COVID hit and stuff, he's not played that much this year. 
so yeah that's kind of what i had on him uh, a good size good build he has most of the tools that you want in a running back but has he shown enough to make you go up and get him in the second round for instance i think third fourth round is where he's going to go um but that's yeah that's what i think anyway. yeah i think i think in terms of positional value and then the fact he hasn't been like an out and out starter back for that long i think yeah you can't really draft him particularly high but one thing i would say with him is that he did earn that spot later down the stretch of the season and to be honest with you watching ohio state games i think it should have been earlier on like as soon as uh, jk dobbins left for the ravens it was almost master teague's job to lose he was billed as that next great ohio state yeah, back yeah. and then the season came around he just didn't live up to it at all like the best Ohio State plays on the ground were always the ones where Trey Sermon would come in and you'd almost just shout at the TV, like, just leave him in. Don't take him out for tea because yeah. Sermon's the far better talent. And the game that stands out for me was, I think it was the Big Ten final, Big Ten championship game against Northwestern. Justin yeah. Fields was really struggling throwing the ball against the Northwestern defense. And every time the ball was handed to Trey Sermon, it was just chunk play after chunk play after chunk play. And he ended up with one of the highest yardage games uh, for a running back in Ohio State history. It was over, way over 200 yards, and he pretty much won them that game. Like Ohio State had no no right to be anywhere near close to winning that game, but they somehow managed to win that game because they managed to put the ball in Trey Sermon's hand, and he just carried them down the line. And that's that's got something to it. Obviously, think- he then got he then got yeah, injured a couple of games later against Alabama, but. Like for yeah. me, he, he's a risk worth taking in the third or fourth round. Yeah. That's what I was Do you think also if the fact that he played behind that Ohio State offensive line with the that offense was, you know, Justin Fields was doing bits and they were they were looking like a really good offense. Do you think that also hampers him slightly? Which we'll go on with the other guys further up as well with the Alabama running back and the Clemson, the offensive lines and everything plays into it a bit. Do you think that's something that people might look into a sermon and say, can he do it you know, behind a Cincinnati Bengals offensive line or like a Cardinals offensive line. You know what I mean? Like it's it's a completely different kind of thing, especially with that injury he's had and the lack of play he's had as a starter. Well, yeah, no, that's a really good point. And I'll say it again with um, Najee Harris and Travis Etienne later on, is that to, the way to get around that is to literally just, just watch the tape. What do they do? Can they read holes? Because if they're literally just running through wide open gaps yeah. without like, being patient at the line of scrimmage, having to make that sharp one cut move and just plant your leg on the ground and go. If they're able to do those things, then that's when you see, hang on, this is a guy, this guy has got talent. It's not just his team. But if it is just a guy who's just running through wide open gaps, then yeah, you've got to take that away from him, unfortunately. But he was able to succeed where Master T could not. And that says something to me. And that's something that should definitely be considered in the draft talk. He was able to succeed where another guy just flat out couldn't. Yeah. Yeah, completely fair. Yeah. Well, let's move on then, Eddie. It is me up next. Yeah, um, I think Big that boys bring, are up now. Here we go. Yeah, that brings me into Travis Etienne then. Um, Clemson. Um, Clemson running back. Probably, probably wide, I don't know, widely regarded, but but he'll be there. Number, probably the number one off the board. Um, maybe. Maybe. He'll be, be close, but um, 5'10", 215 pounds. A, ver- a nice, a nice versatile weapon. Um, he he's added kind of receiving into into his game a lot more um, towards the, to the, the latter end. I think last season it was like 500, uh, 588 yards or something. Best um, best receiving back in the country in terms of yardage. He's definitely got home run ability. You know, you watch his 
watch his highlights, watch his tape, and and, and he can break them for sure. Um, which again has always got a got a big value in the in the NFL. He's got that kind of burst that you're looking for, um, and he can break tackles as well. Um, I saw a lot of cons though. You know, if I'm going to be honest with you, um, I wasn't. I wasn't blown away. Um, he did drop off quite a lot um, last season in terms of rushing, but so did the Clemson O-line. But, you know, this is just going back to exactly what you were just talking about. Um, to me, that's alarm bells. Maybe that's just, you know, who, who am I to say? But, um, you know, that, that would concern me because in the NFL, it's going to transition. It's going to be harder, you know, and, and if you're going to be picked up by a team with a poor O-line, I would be seriously worried about his ability he kind of bounces around tries to, he's always looking for that home run play which which is which is a risk you know he, he's not the kind of guy who's going to be going in and picking up the, the hard yards I don't know if he's going to be that number one back um I see a guy if he's got space and he's got time and he's got lanes he can he'll, he'll be able to take it um but if I'm going to be taking him the first running back off the board I would have reservations about his his ability to be that to be that number one personally um, that's not to say he wouldn't transition into being that maybe. I just don't quite see it personally. But yeah. I'm, I'm interested to hear what you guys have, have yeah. got to say, particularly talk about possibility of creeping into the latter stage of the first round or, or very early second. I mean, that would that would really concern me. If he was a little bit later on in the draft board with a positional value of the running back, I might be a bit more comfortable. But Yeah, I mean, like last year, Clyde Edwards-Lair went in the late first round and... Look, he first came, first couple of games, I had him a fantasy team. He, he burst onto the scene, was class, like, I've nailed this. And he kind of dropped off. And, I mean, he was getting outdone by, like, Daryl Williams and stuff. Like, people that you're like, like who are you? Um, and I see a lot of comps with Etienne to him in a sense that they're both from a system where the offensive line is really good, okay? And massive holes appearing and you can run through them. Perfect, great. They've got, obviously, they're talented. They're very talented. They've got good shiftiness. They can break tackles. But they're both like smaller, quicker guys that aren't as physical. And I feel like when you make that jump up to the NFL, like there's only so many tackles you can bounce off before it starts to affect your running style, if that makes sense, in the NFL. The hits are bigger. And what I noticed with him as well is, uh, I mean, it might not be an issue depending on how the offensive style played, but a lot of teams expect their running backs to pass protect. And I really yeah. question whether he can yeah. with his size. I mean, if there's like, you know, Von Miller coming off the edge or Joey Bosa, like, he's not stopping them. <laughs> Let's be honest, they're running straight over him. Um, so that's my biggest concern with Travis Etienne. Like people, some people have like draft, like taking him in like top 20 picks. And I'm like, are you like serious right now? The, the amount of talent that's on in this draft class. Mid-second round, early second, I can, I can see in if the, if a team falls in love with him, there's definitely a lot to like about him, but I just can't make myself take him in the first round personally. Um, yeah, it's a really difficult one because obviously you've got the positional value coming into play as well. Yeah. But with a guy like Travis Etienne, like obviously take into account his college production, but as an, as a raw athlete and a, just a complete, just freak of nature that he is, you've got to look at him as a as a projection sort of player as well. You've got mm. to project where he's going to be because likelihood is. He might not be used in the same way that he was used at Clemson, where he was just give Etienne the ball wherever you can. Mm-hmm. 
in in terms of pass produ- pass protection, I do think it can be learned. Like there are smaller guys like Cam Akers, Clyde Edwards-Helaire, who are actually pretty good at it, despite being like five nine, five ten, pretty yeah. small guys. He's yeah, obviously he's very quick, but I, I do think you're underselling his power quite a lot in terms of his ability to run between the tackles. He's a very powerful runner, and he's got a lot of speed. He's got way more speed than Clyde Edwards-Helaire has. That's for sure. In terms oh yeah, of like yeah definitely, just the definitely. home run, yeah. the home run stuff, but. I do think he's really... So, uh, yeah. I know you're going to Najee Harris in a bit, and I'm going to kind of go over it. I think both of them are really close. And it just... Uh, the one that's going to go number one is the first running back. is going to be what the team wants. If they want a bigger guy who's not as quick, or they want a quicker, shiftier guy who's not as big. And like, I think that... Because their stats, the way they play, their production... I can't choose between them personally. Um, I think they're very close. And it's just going to come down to that scheme fit and what they, what a team likes, essentially. Um, which kind of moves us on to Najee Harris because I've just like, brought it on. So, on you go, Stan. What have you got for him? Uh, who may be the consensus number one? As I said, I'm not, I'm not really sure. Uh, I, I think he's number one. I, I, I absolutely love Najee. I think he's the best running back in this class by, by, by a good while. Like, ETN's great. But when you look at the two, there's more stuff this, that Harris can do that then that ETN can't rather than the other way around. And it, in terms of the speed as well, I think that's one bit of his game that's really, really undersold. He's a third down, he's a three down running back who can literally just do it all out the backfield, between the tackles, outside the tackles. If uh, running backs were more valuable, I would have Najee Harris as a top 10 pick, honestly. like he, pre- he presses the hole really well as a runner. He's agile, quick, shifty. He has that one cut ability where he can just plant his foot in the ground and go despite being like a 6'2", 30 guy. And he's a bruiser with that as well. Not only can he make these sharp cuts and catch, catch the ball well out the backfield, he's a complete bruiser with great vision for the field as well. And it's a really, really rare blend he has there in terms of being able just to truck people over and then also be your shifty, elusive guy who can go out the backfield as well. And that's why I think he's running back one, because he can do stuff that ETN can't, but ETN can't really do much stuff that Najee can't, in my opinion. Yeah, apart from the pace, I think that's all he's got on him, I think. Uh, just... I don't know. <laughs> I think ETN does have a slight edge in terms of pace, but in terms of open field pace, like straight yeah, down yeah, the sideline yeah. speed, I do think that's overrated with a running back because how many yeah. plays do you actually get to that point in yeah. the first place? Well, yeah, exactly. That's that's something that's noticeable in college because there's massive holes, but not really in the NFL. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Especially yeah, for um, Alabama. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think, uh, so I, I watched a bit of, the top two guys because obviously they're the most interesting running backs going and what I saw of Najee Harris and I saw I think someone else made the same comp was he's got a bit of David Johnson like prime David Johnson Lev yeah. Bell like something yeah. like that about him um, he does kind of takes his time to times when he needs to he doesn't just you know go full speed he's yeah. with the passing uh, the vision is exceptional um, and he's got the David Johnson's more bulkier than Le'Veon Bell. Like Le'Veon Bell's a bit more slender and tall. Um, I think he's a, he's literally in between the two, I think. Um, and I, I agree with you. I do really like his tape. The, the, the way... I think he's got the size for the NFL. I, I think he's got the size for the NFL, personally. Yeah, it's just his, yeah, his patience as well behind yeah. the line of his scrimmage. He'll slow down, take those stutter steps, and that's what's going to make him really suited to the NFL as well because we see a lot of like zone-blocking schemes which rely on double teams, then a guard progressing up to the next level. You, I, you, you're going to have two holes open, perhaps three, if you decide to press it back to the outside. And he's got the ability to be able to choose between those three gaps on the line because he can slow down, take his time, and then he can burst and accelerate straight through yeah. the hole that he wants. 
whilst keeping the linebackers honest at the same time. It's really invaluable. And it's where the Lev Bell comp comes from. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm going to put you boys on the spot here. Send send these two lads to give them a home. Give them a home in the draft. Buffalo. Where, where, Buffalo for Buffalo, which one? They need him. Um, Najee Harris. Buffalo yep. need Najee Harris so badly. If they get him, that's perhaps the best in, um, offense in offense. the NFL. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I couldn't couldn't agree more. Yeah. Yeah. What about ATN? Send ATN somewhere. <laughs> I so I'll go first. I went Steelers. Um, uh, for me for Travis ATN. I think they've got a good offensive line. Well, they've had a few um, people retiring and stuff, but I think they've got a good offensive line. They've got a good offensive coach, good system. They run that inside zone, which helps his the way yeah. he, the way he built with quickness and acceleration. I think that's a good good fit for him personally. And it, anything, would you suggest them taking him late in the first round then? I think they've got holes though. I think they've got too many holes yeah. to fix. Like Big Ben. I'm assuming they're going for a last rodeo with Big Ben, right? So they're going to give him something that's not a running back. As you said, the positional value and stuff. Can you just get someone who can do a job? They're quite old school, though, the Steelers. I can see I can see that. I could see them they, going late first. and, and picking, you, You're right with the holes, for sure. Um, I mean, how, how different would he be from James Conner, though? You've got James I mean, Conner. Yeah. yeah. I think it'd be great, though, to see a guy who can actually run through gaps rather than just... <laughs> take a hit and go down straight away I'd yeah, exactly. I'm not well, a big Benny, James Conner fan as you can the, tell the Benny Snell project didn't really work so. <laughs> no, <it didn't. laughs> I just I just just want to jump in before you move off Najee I, I totally agree with you 100% he's my probably my favourite um, talent in the, in the whole class just like reading about his, his story as well he seems like an amazing guy like uh, that story he he, he was flying to Alabama's pro day when he wasn't uh, he wasn't competing. He was just to, to support the guys. His flight got cancelled, so he drove like ten hours overnight to uh, to support them. And yeah, he's had a really cool. like, tough tough life to start with. But he seems like an amazing locker room guy. And I think the reason he's going to slip is because his 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 speed. But yeah, I totally agree I with what you're saying. Slip. Like I, yeah. I don't know. I don't think I he think... will slip. I think his speed's more than adequate. If you could, if you've got a guy like Clyde Edwards-Helaire, who's Probably would yeah. be the, probably one of the slowest running backs out of this list in terms of just like breakaway speed, and then you've got Najee Harris, who's got I really do think has high end speed compared to a guy like ET, like not maybe not to the level of ETN, but yeah, certainly yeah. being able to keep keep on pace with him. I uh, he's one of the best running backs like in recent years to come out. I'm yeah. I'm pretty much set on that. Well, if, yeah. if Clyde Edwards Hilaire went in this draft, I think he would be like fourth or fifth off the board. I, I genuinely don't think he's. I don't think he was that amazing coming out last year. The best is yet to come from um, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. I had him is. I had him like ranked last year, tied with DeAndre Swift for RB one uh-huh. because I couldn't decide between the two with Cam Akers just behind them. Yeah. The be- yeah. Clyde Edwards Hilaire's foot- best football is definitely ahead of him. Yeah. I mean, he's in a good place, I mean, to be fair, with one of the best yeah. QBs in the, yeah. in the league. Um, well, we'll yeah. move on, boys. Uh, have you got any rogue rogue, rogue darts that you think that in five years' time, you'll see, I told you this guy's going to be a worldie. Well, I've, I'll have I'll kick you off, because I like this guy. and It's Puka Williams Jr., and it's not just for his Kansas. name. <laughs> yeah, Kansas, 5'9", 175, quick. He's basically, everything I said about Michael Carter, just go listen to that. He does that, but just not as well, <laughs> essentially. Um, right. Yeah, he's smaller. He's a small guy. <laughs> You're not selling him very yeah, well. Yeah, well, there's a reason why he's uh, there's a reason why he's um, uh, like ranked out to the top ten. Um, 
and it's because he's not had the production stuff. But I'll give you some of the quotes from the PFF draft thing, right? And this, 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 watching this, I saw this. He's got the can't touch him in a phone booth type of shiftiness. <laughs> seemingly, <laughs> seemingly gets faster out of his cuts. Um, broken tackles don't do him justice. Guys miss him so badly they aren't even counted as tackle attempts. Like deadly angle. Like honestly, if you watch this, honestly, just watch like two or three minutes of this guy. Um, the way he comes out of cuts, the way he makes people miss is phenomenal. He is small. He is tiny. He's going to get killed in the NFL, I think, by linebackers. But again, Naheem Hines kind of guy in a right system. I, I've i got a feeling. Got a sneaky feeling to he's got fair, it. To be fair to you, like a lot of these smaller football school guys, like yeah. Kansas, not obviously not a big powerhouse football program. Yeah. These guys go overlooked quite a lot. And yeah, Puka yeah. Williams, definitely very, very shifty little guy. I mean, we've seen guys like Tariq Cohen make it, being completely undersized, so I don't see any yeah. reason why he can. And with running backs, it's completely just down to their fit and their team anyway, so yeah. I don't see why he can succeed. Yeah, that's my guy. What have you guys got? Anything? Yeah, I've got... Um, I'm not trying to say him. Say he's like my sleeper and the, my guy, yeah. but he's gone a bit under the radar and he could he has the potential to surprise. Um, I don't know if you guys tuned into the Senior Bowl this year, but Demetric Felton out of UCLA... He was um, recruited as a running back, played as a running back at UCLA, but he's got he can play wide receiver as well, and that's the that's the fascinating bit to me is the fact he willingly worked out and played in the Senior Bowl as a wide receiver despite being recruited and played as a running back. Like he has played wide receiver a bit at UCLA as well, and Chip Kelly described him as one of those guys you just want to get the ball into his hands because he's got great ball skills, great awareness for the ball, agile, shifty. He's not got the breakaway speed that you need in a running back. But as that guy, you can sort of flex out between the two positions, like in spread packages and uh, empty packages. I'd say give him a shot. He's worth a shot in the later rounds of the draft, for sure. Yeah. Just because the upside. Exactly. Yeah, that's the thing with these guys. It's just you've you got, you got to look for something that you kind of yeah. can uh, yeah. coach the rest up. I haven't got a specific name, but I think it's a good point you, you make there. It's like the more you go down the list and the more you look into these guys and you can see how, yeah, like smaller schools or slight knocks on, on guys and they get overlooked and, and then you have such success on late round running backs. It's because yeah. there are, you know, there's not a huge amount between these these guys once you start getting down the list. And even, even some of the names we've gone into in, in detail, you know, there are guys who can, can do that. And I wouldn't be surprised if there's, you know, three or four guys further down the list that um, they actually ended up being better than some of the names we, we've got here. No, I couldn't. I don't have a, a seven foot nine. Um, <laughs> there was nobody. There was nobody big enough for my taste buds. So, uh, uh, Fair enough. Well, let's move on to the dreadful tight end class, apart from the one one class guy, because we've got to be talking about run backs for a while. So we will go worst to best. Um, and I don't even know which ones. Are, I'm guessing Stan, your guys are worse. So. Yeah, I'm going yeah. Brevin Jordan here. I don't think he's even worthy of the number three spot, <laughs> if I'm honest with you. <laughs> give me a minute on him. We'll just go a minute on him. I'll a give you <laughs> a minute on Brevin Jordan. So this guy, tight end out of the University of Miami. He's a junior at six foot three, 245 pounds. He's, he's pretty undersized to be a tight end. He projects to be like your sort of inline blocker Y-style tight end at the, um, the NFL. He's able to run routes relatively well. <laughs> He could potentially play in the slot as well as a bigger guy. But the big thing that stands out for me is he just needs to learn to box out defenders, almost like a big power forward in basketball, because he doesn't have the speed to get open. He doesn't have the acceleration to get open or the route running to get open. 
He needs to rely on the ability just to box out guys, similar to the way um, Travis Kelsey and Gronkowski do. Like, just put your body in front of them and use your use your brawn and body just to outmuscle them completely. But sadly, he's not really able to do that yet, as I mentioned. Like, in terms of positives, he's got good yard, yards after contact ability. He, he does manage to like fight through tackles. And that's honestly, that's pretty much all of the positives. I've got. <laughs> Maybe I'm being a bit too harsh. Like I'll let you guys be the judge of that. Um, even as a blocker, he's, his blocking technique isn't particularly good. It's a bit erratic. His head obviously yeah. like often goes down into the blocks and it's a bit all over the place. His tight hips are, are like one of the reasons why he doesn't cut so well. Like as a, When you're cutting in routes, you need to get low down. You need to be able to plant your foot and turn around, especially on like yeah. hitch routes and stuff like that. But he's really not able to do it. He often bends his route as well. So if he's like running a hitch or an out, he'll start to bend it before he gets to the cut. And that completely sells it as a DB. Because when you're playing, you've got your eyes on that guy. You're watching for him to give you any tells. And he's got tells all over the shop. Yeah. yeah. And, I think I, I honestly think we need to talk more on it. To be honest, it's nothing, nothing exciting. Let's just move on, Eddie. Yeah, I'm happy to be shot at yeah. him. One minute for you as well, because it's, it's nothing that exciting again. And we'll get <laughs> after that. We all discuss him. I thought there was something there. I mean, he's, a, he's an upgrade. Um, he's an upgrade over that uh, that last review. Um, but, uh, no, I don't put <laughs> that for a minute. Um, Pat Fairmouth, again, no, I, I might not be having his uh, pronunciation right, but somebody can correct me. That's the, they can they can do they can do that. Uh, Penn State, 6'5", 250-251 pounds. Um, they nicknamed him the Baby Gronk. Um, yeah, it's a bit extreme, um, but you can see, you can see, yeah, the very poor man's Gronkowski there. Um, but some of the same skill sets, some some of the same tools. He, again, he's a tackle breaker, um, good blocker, inline blocker. Um, I think most of the offense, something like twenty eight percent of Penn State's offense was going in twenty twenty was going through him. So. Um, he was pretty much the focal point, which is, is you could see that kind of transitioning slightly into the ANFL. Um, but there's some major cons uh, if you're going to be taking him. I saw some mocks him kind of slipping into the first, but I did. I just personally, I, did, I didn't see it. The speed is not there. Um, a stage is quite stiff. Again, some of the, exactly the same. Some of the same knocks you just had there. He's kind of stiff in and out of his routes. Hands weren't great eight percent drops i think i say eight drops out of 100 catches um which isn't great it's not like vice grip you know you want your tight end to go up big hands go and get the ball and just like clamp down on it i wasn't really seeing that on film um i think it's, it's harsh to put him in with this kind of gronkowski the baby gronk idea yeah. because he's, he's not you know it's putting a lot of pressure on him and it's, it's, you're almost forcing him into a mold where i don't think he he quite is if he develops on his blocking side um, more, he'll have he'll have um, a path in the NFL being on that side with with kind of a red zone um, red zone talent. But I don't, I just don't quite see it personally. Yeah, um, I'd agree with you there. I'd I think I'd compare him as like a poor man's Mike Gesicki almost. Like yeah, yeah, the way that he um, Gesicki was used last year by the Dolphins, essentially he was flexed out all the time. They didn't have any slot receivers, so he spent a lot of his time out in the slot. That's the sort of role you want Frymouth to land because of he's not he's not very um, polished as a blocker, but he does have athletic upside. That's something that I don't think should be ignored. He's not, as I mentioned earlier in the show, like these guys are mostly projections. You want to project how they are, how they're going to be, not what they were based, not their what sorry, 
not what their production was like in college. You want to base it on projections rather than all that. And I think, yeah, Pat Frymouth, perfect example of this. He's a guy, athletic. He's got good hands. He's very, very strong as well. He just needs to harness and put all these things together and then he will be a perfect player. Like he's, sorry, not perfect, but yeah, sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm rambling a bit here. No, Give no, him no. two years, he'll be there. All I right, think. fair enough. Well, let's move on, boys. Let's move on to the big boy. Here we go. So I'll give him a, I'll give him a one minute spiel on him, and then we'll just have a little discussion on him because this is this is the real deal. This, this is, is the real deal. This is the man. So Kyle Pitts, um, a tight end, obviously from Florida. The Gators, six foot five, two thirty five. Um, he's, I mean, the lad's just phenomenal. You watch his game tape. Jesus Christ. Um, he only played seven games last year uh, because of an injury, I think. He got injured um, during the season, so he didn't, he didn't play the full 10. Um, uh, last year's grade, so he had 409 snaps, um, 770 yards, 12 touchdowns. He didn't lead this team in yardage, I think, last year because of the injury, but he would have if he played the full 10, uh, which says a lot. Um, the biggest thing for me watching him, and I'm sure you guys will probably back me up on this, is his... His ability to win contested catches, his catch radius is ridiculous. He's phenomenal. Like, for a guy who's like six foot five, it, it, obviously he's, he's tall and stuff, but I mean, I think it was the Georgia game I was watching. Uh, where yeah. He, he, yeah, he had, I think he had, at one point, uh, he had three DBs around him and they're just hanging off him while he comes down with the ball. And it's just ridiculous. Like, his, his catching ability, his route running is nuts for a tight end. As you were mentioning earlier about your guy, like he get he's the is the telltale sign of like when he's gonna make a cut and stuff. With Kyle Pitts, it's he runs right better than like um, slot receivers do uh, at times. Like his ability to just make those cuts seem effortlessly. He can sell he can sell defenders. He can play out wide. Um, I think I saw somewhere people say that if he entered this draft as wide receiver, he would still go in the first round and potentially would be up there with Jamar Chase. And I was like, that's a bit bold, but. I mean, if he's oh, getting I think that, that is a bit bold. Yeah, I think but, that is but, quite bold. But you see, if he can even, if that's even part of the conversation, uh, it shows the kind of ability he's got. Negatives for me, quickly before I get you guys' opinion on him. Um, people have said the question is about like blocking ability. Obviously, it's a tight end. You've got to be able to block at times as well. And uh, from uh, people have said 2019 to 2020, he improved quite a bit. But for NFL standards, it's still below average what you need to be able to do. Um, especially with the pass rushers and going to help your tackles out. Um, but for me, that's not really an issue. I think it's something you can learn and what he brings as a playmaker. I think whenever I think of tight ends, I think of Travis Kelsey, Gronkowski, um, George Kittle. Yes, they can block and they're quite good blockers, but you don't think of their blocking. You think mm-hmm. of them going up and, you know, like mossing people and going and winning red zone battles and going out wide, beating cornerbacks one-on-one. That's what I think of Kyle Pitts when I think of him. Um, and yeah, that's what I've got on him. See what you guys have to say. Yeah, Kyle Pitts, absolutely phenomenal player. Just going back to that wide receiver thing, yeah. I did I did debate that with myself a bit, and then I, I spoke about it on our podcast like earlier last week. We talked about like the wide receivers and tight ends, and um, Sam made a very good point. It's like, why would you want to move him to tight end when you can take advantages of the mismatches that you're going to get if you stick him at line? Um, sorry, if you can if you stick him at tight end rather than wide receiver, because then yeah. he's going to end up as this Darren Waller type guy who is essentially a wide receiver in a tight end's body mm-hmm. he can completely body and box out linebackers he's going to be able to out muscle cornerbacks as well he's got the catch radius of just 
He's just an amazing, amazing catch radius. And his 50-50 jump ball ability as well. No one can hang with him. Like, is it, like you mentioned that Georgia game as well. You've got Tyson Campbell covering him. Tyson Campbell, I think, is a really, really talented cornerback. But he just can't hang with him because of yeah, the yeah, fact. Yeah. You can put that ball up there on the top shelf and only, only Kyle Pitts is going to be able to get it down for you. Exactly. He's, he's amazing. Yeah, he's so I was thinking. Talented. I was. I was thinking. I was like, uh, if he's in the middle, like what linebacker can even uh, go try and hang with him in the NFL? I don't NFL, know how you, uh, how you defend him. Uh, maybe the maybe the Bucks guy. He's fast. Um, Devin De- White. Um, Devin White. Yeah. You yeah. need a guy like him, like Isaiah Simmons, Devin White, yeah. the athletic guys who are also tall. Like, but they come and dive with us, and they're hardly they're hardly any of them there. So, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Darren, the Darren Waller comparison for me really rings true. Yeah, I think, I mean, Ed, I, I'll get your opinion on that. Uh, where do you see him going after your opinion? What Do you think he can go top six, top seven? I, th- I think he will go top six, top seven, yeah. yeah. Uh, it depends on how the dominoes fall with, um, with Penny Sewell and, and the QBs and, and, and what people want when it when it comes up to them. But, I mean, what a talent. What Adding him into tight end, the tight end group, when you've got a receiver on the outside and... You see the kind of Tyreek Hill and Kelsey combination. You know you can't double both of them, and he just the way the NFL is moving. He's exactly what an offense wants right now. Um, and Darren Wall is perfect, perfect um, comparison. I, I, I just blown away by the contested catches. I just I, I feel sorry for these guys. <laughs> just like, is it these are men just getting getting mossed by a tight end, and, and there's nothing you can do about it. Like the corners are lining up on him. It's like. Bah. You can be as talented as you want, but you're never going to be as big as him, and you're never going to be able to catch a 50-50 ball as well as him. Well, that's literally what Gronkowski was for years, right? Gronk's not as fast, but it was the height thing. like linebackers can't keep up with the speed, and the cornerbacks can't match his size. So uh, you were just damned no matter what you did, really. And that's why he was so successful in the league. Yeah, Um, Yeah, exactly. Um, um, Can I just go back to the draft stuff as well? I I really do think he's a talented player. He's worthy of a top-10 pick. However, if you look at the way the draft order's lined up, you're going to have quarterback one, quarterback two, quarterback three, three yeah. quarterback four as well, probably. In fact, someone might even trade up to the Bengals at five. And then yeah. you're going to be left with the Eagles, Lions, and Panthers. Who all need a quarterback? <laughs> well, I mean, the Eagles, it looks like they're going to roll with Jalen Hurts this year, but they've already got um, Dallas Goddard at tight end. Yeah. So perhaps maybe they don't go down the Kyle Pitts route. And yeah, you've got the Detroit Lions. You've already got TJ Hawkinson as well. So if you're going to go best player available, then sure, Kyle Pitts will go. But I think these teams in the top like have bigger needs. So I swear, if he falls to the Patriots somehow, I'm going to be. Cr- I am going to kill. I don't think he'll fall I mean, luckily, luckily, luckily for you, I do think the Patriots are going to go quarterback this year. Yeah. But you never know. You never know. You never get, know with Bill. If he drops, it's over for you. It's over there. for you. Yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine that? What's the, the the Jets cornerback Lamar Jackson up against Kyle Pitts? Oh, <laughs> You'd hate to see it. Um, well, anyway, lads, this has been going for a while, so Jesus, 45 minutes. Um, but yeah, honestly, it's been unreal having you on, Stan. Ed, as always, Stan, do you want to do a little plug of your podcast, your Instagram page, everything? Uh, because obviously, you post way more NFL stuff. We do all sports, so we're not really on NFL as much. So on you go. Give you 10 yeah. seconds. Awesome. 10 minutes. So. Um... Me and three other guys, we do a weekly podcast. We talk NFL, Britball, so across the pond and over here, the foot, all the football that goes on, everything in between. We're talking draft at the moment. We'll be talking Britball as the season resumes, university football when it starts up again. 
just tune in every week. We're talking draft from now on until the drafts. And if you want to keep up with that, it's the Dropback Podcast on Spotify or anywhere you listen to your podcasts. The Dropback on Instagram and Twitter and the Dropback UK on Facebook. And we've also got a website, www.thedropback.com, where you can check out our um, almost weekly articles now. So That's perfect. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we'll, uh, I will definitely tag you in all the Instagram posts. So you can go and find you with ease on Instagram. Awesome. I've, checked you, out, I've checked out their podcast and honestly, it's really good content for I love NFL stuff. And obviously, we do NFL quite a bit now, but we'll be doing a lot more other sports and stuff. So... If you want NFL UK stuff, go to these guys. It's great. And Stan, we will definitely have you on for our mock, da- mock draft podcast. A awesome. Few weeks I'm looking time. forward to that. Yeah, that'll be good fun. But thanks, guys. Thank you very much. Awesome. We're on to defense, mate. Bit of, bit of DBs action. So we'll see what we've got there. Thank you very much, guys. And tune in next week. 